This episode of the Airport Experience News podcast is sponsored by Airport Dimensions, or formerly Airport Lounge Development. Their common-use lounge satisfies the needs of the broadest audiences of passengers who are looking for an alternative to exclusive airline or credit card lounges. Airport Dimensions is an expert lounge solution provider for airports and airlines. Check out their many locations in airports such as Atlanta, DFW, Orlando, Seattle, Las Vegas, and more. For more information, visit airportdimensions.com. This is episode 58 of the Airport Experience News Podcast. I'm Ramon Lowe, the publisher of AXN and the host of this pod. On this episode, I'm speaking with Lou Blyweiss, the executive director of the Asheville Regional Airport Authority and the 2019 Airport Experience News Director of the Year in the Small Airports category. Lou is also featured in the September issue of the magazine in a great piece written by Andy Teljohn. Make sure you get your copy and go to airportxnews.com slash subscribe to do so. Anyway, what I want to do in this episode is talk about Lou and all the folks and the experiences that have shaped him to be the person he is today, and frankly, the reason why Aikson is recognizing him for this award. He's an executive running what is, in effect, a large and complicated company in a really specialized industry, and listen, I know I'm biased when I say that, but it's true. I really want to delve into his history that I came home to learn is a really fun one. I mean, he's in Asheville, one of the coolest places in the country. Anyway, I think you'll enjoy this episode, whether or not Lou chooses to divulge a secret of his, and you're just going to have to listen to find out what that secret is. So here is my conversation with Lou Blywise. So I'm honored to be speaking with Lou Blywise, who is the executive director of the Greater Asheville Regional Airport Authority, which oversees Asheville Regional Airport. And also Lou is the Airport Experience News Director of the Year in the small airports category. Lou, thanks for taking time to speak with me. Thank you, Ramon. Glad to be here. So uh, firstly, on behalf of Airport Experience News and the editorial team, um, congratulations. And uh, we are so honored to recognize you as our Director of the Year in the small airports category, as I said. Um, It's also worth mentioning that you are currently featured in the September issue of AXN. You had your interview with Annie Telejohn. But here, on this podcast, I kind of want to take a different approach. You know, we know your accomplishments and we know what you've done for Asheville, and that's the result. I, I want to focus on what laid the foundation and what propelled you to be the person you are today and that kind of helped you accomplish all those things. So my first question is, um, I just would like for you to first talk specifically about, you know, where you're from, where you grew up, and how that set the stage for the person you are today. Thanks, Ramon. And first of all, I'm the one that should be honored for being selected. I'm definitely humbled uh, by the choice. And it's it's a great honor to be represented at the Small Airport uh, Director of the Year. So thank you. Um, it's funny, you know, I pretty much I moved around a lot when I was a kid. Uh, most I went to high school and I lived the longest in, in the Philadelphia area of Pennsylvania. I was originally born in Connecticut, but when people ask me where I'm from, I basically just say Philadelphia because it's where I lived the longest. So I think a lot of what my background was is the fact that I moved quite a few times when I was a kid. Um, I know you're from Florida. Uh, I lived in Jacksonville, Florida for a few years when I was an early teenager. Um, but I think 
one, propelling me into new schools, new systems, a new way of life every few years uh, when we moved helped me, you know, to be able to communicate, to network, as we call it today, yeah. uh, and just make friends and just put, put myself out there uh, where um, I'm not afraid to, you know, get involved, uh, be social, and it just, you know, just rounded me out. At the same time, though, I have friends in the communities that I've lived, especially now as an adult, where they've grown up and lived their whole lives. And I'm very envious of that because when we're out with those friends, they're always running into people that they know from, you know, from elementary school on up. And I'm, and I'm really envious of that. But at, but at the same time with that, you know, I've seen different places and lived in different areas that my friends have not because they've grown up and lived in the same areas. So, you know, it's again, it's a two-sided sword, sword but, you know, but I think uh, the moving around has really helped me, you know, gear me to where I am today. And, of course, in our industry, we, we do move around a lot. Uh, so it's never been hesitancy for me to pick up and move to progress my career. No, that's uh, that, that's a great point. It, it's a tremendous point. I mean, you you expose yourself to you know living in the Northeast, then uh, sometime in the South, and, and like you said, it kind of helped you. Uh, I don't want to say break out of your shell, but like it, it helped you really start to network, which is what we do now <laughs> as adults. Absolutely, as you mentioned. Yep. So, were you? Um, I don't want to say shy. I mean, but were you reserved in some way, and 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 moving around and being forced to? network and socialize kind of, uh, you know, got you out of that shell or, or did all this kind of just come naturally to you? No, I think it all came naturally. I think today, nowadays, I'm a little more reserved than I was when I was younger. Uh, you know, and I can always find someone to talk to and have things to talk about. Um, but if I'm thrown into a room uh, with a lot of new people that I don't know, it takes me, you know, I'm not, I don't jump to the center of the room or anything like that. I, I slowly work my way around, start slowly talking to people, but it's not something that, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I wouldn't call myself the life of the party. Uh, <laughs> But I, but 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 I do enjoy uh, socializing and all that stuff. So I'm not shy, but I'm also not the one that just jumps feet first into a pool. Well, you know, um, and I'm kind of jumping around in a second, but uh, as we talk about jumping around, we're we are the sum of our collective experiences and and, and different perspectives that I'm sure helped kind of uh, expose you to different viewpoints on things, whether it's, you know, someone north, growing up in the Northeast or maybe with a certain set of friends, et cetera, correct? Uh, yeah, I mean, with absolutely, you know, without a doubt. Um, you know, just again, it just gives me a, a, a bunch of varying uh, views on views and different perspectives of things. I think it helps me stay well-rounded uh, to try and get perspectives from, from, from all sides, not just from one. Does it, did it also help you? Because, I mean, change is inevitable. Can't dodge it. Um, it. I'm sure it also prepared you to deal with change because your situation is changing or was changing relatively uh, often. It it did to some degree, Ramon. I also think you know, as a child, you're much more resilient to bounce around uh, and do things. As, as, you know, as we get older, we get more rigid in our ways. Uh, you know, change is always hard for everybody. Uh, but again, if it's for the positive, uh, then I try and embrace change and 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 move forward with it. I'm getting to the point now in my career. I love where I'm at. Asheville, uh, North Carolina, is a phenomenal 
place. Um, it's a great airport. I've got a great board, a phenomenal staff here at the airport. Uh, so my, my mindset's starting to wane a little bit. It's like, eh, maybe, you know, maybe this is the place that I will retire. Uh, and, you know, uh, I mean, a lot of people call it, you know, a little God's country or a slice of heaven. I, and I definitely agree with that. Uh, so again, change, you know, changes in the wind and, 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 and I, you know, and I may, you know, just decide to stay where I'm at, uh, until I retire, which is, you know, which is, that's okay. Uh, I'd be happy with that. Yeah, and we, we started talking about Asheville, the region, actually, <laughs> prior to recording, and I, I have to say I'm envious. So at, at least at, at, during this time of the year where it's a little muggy and, and, and humid down here in South Florida. <laughs> so kudos to yeah, you. Yeah, but you got the ocean. You got water and you got the ocean. That's pretty close to where you're at. We're a little bit further away from that uh, <laughs> than what you are. So everything comes with compromises. We'll do a little exchange every now and then, I guess. So somewhat related to my previous question, you know, talk about the work that you have done very early on that kind of shaped you for this career. And I, I really mean um, really, really early on. Perhaps it was a first job uh, working with a family or maybe a friend that kind of uh, set you for how you would approach uh, work in your adult life and, and, and how did that impact you? Sure. I think, I think I've always been driven to work. I enjoy working. Uh, I enjoy having the money. Uh, always have set goals and dreams for me that I can try you know, to attain. Um, I was a kid. I used to you know, shovel driveways uh, in the snow time, uh, I would cut lawns, you know, I had a paper out, uh, like a lot of kids do when they're younger. Um, but I think, you know, my first real job came, uh, you know, when I was of age to, you know, to work 16 years old or, you know, right around that time frame. I ended up getting a job in a, a men's clothing store. Uh, you know, I started as a stock boy doing that, but then I ended up, you know, working my way up to sales. And so I would sell men's clothing, suits and, and uh, you know sport coats and that type of thing, and I think it just it just drove me to be uh, progressive in what I wanted to do. I knew obviously that's not what I wanted to do uh, for a career, but it just it just again in, in embedded with me the work ethic uh, that I have today and that I've always had. Uh, I like trying different things, like learning new things. Uh, so it's always, you know, progress forward. Um, I had that job. That was really the only job I had all through high school. Um, I enjoyed it. It, you know, provided me some good income. One of the things I loved about it at the time was I think it's the only job that I ever had that I was paid weekly. Okay. And it always seemed like, you know, at that time, of course, I was younger, didn't have really expenses, but being paid weekly always seemed like I had money in my pocket uh, <laughs> versus as I got over, uh, older and things went, you know, to, uh, to bi-weekly or monthly or whatever, you had to budget out more. Uh, but yeah, so, but I've always been that driven to work. I've always enjoyed it. Um, from that point, um, I went down to college. I wanted to work. I, you know, again, wanted to work in, in, in a field that I was interested. I was fortunate enough to get a job uh, at Embry-Riddle uh, in the flight department, uh, taking care of a lot of the training records and helping the flight students progress through their, you know, their course issues. Um, and I did that pretty much the whole time uh, I was in college. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, again, uh, like being able to do it. I don't like sitting around being idle. Uh, 
very long and very often. I think as I get older, I'm 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 enjoying some some downtime a little more. Uh, but back then, I didn't. Um, so <laughs> so so I you know so again it was I've always been interested in aviation uh, and what I wanted to drive for. Um, going back to when I was I don't know I was seven or eight years old. I think I wanted to be a pilot. I knew I wanted to be a pilot. Or back to that time, I thought I did. I uh, wasn't sure if it was going to happen because of I, I do wear glasses, and, and back then I had glasses, so I didn't know if I was going to be able to do that uh, from an, you know from my perspective. And long around way, I ended up finding my way to Embry Riddle through my brother, and I went there and I did. I was going through the flight programming, and at some point. Um, I actually interned at Federal Express when I, you know, when I was a sophomore, and, and at that point, I realized I didn't want to be a pilot uh, <laughs> when I, you know, when I grew up, and um, so I changed when I went back to school after my internship was up. Uh, I literally, you know, didn't know what I was going to do. I knew I didn't want to fly, and I just happened. It was the time I went back. I was taking one of the classes I had to take was technical report writing. I had to do a 50-page paper on something, and I ended up writing a paper of building an airport from from a greenfield. Absolutely loved writing the papers. The only paper I enjoyed writing, um, <laughs> and from that point forward, I knew since I was so interested and I enjoyed writing that paper so much, I kind of figured, well, maybe airport management is where I need to be. And from that point forward, I really focused my career on getting into that you know line of work and. And here I am today. So uh, I have, you know, other than I got out of, I got out of college when I graduated. I worked uh, my first airport up in White Plains, New York. Um, it was a part-time job, so I had to look for something full-time. I ended up going into aviation insurance. Oh, okay. uh, I did that for, th- I did that for three years. So it gave me a good, you know, uh, you know, insight to business. Uh, but I knew it's, you know, it's not where I want to be. I'm not a salesman. I don't like to, you know, cold call and, you know, <laughs> doing all that with insurance. So there, there, there are other more exotic things to sell. Insurance isn't one of them. Uh, <laughs> Uh, kind of like you know, you know, kind of like selling shoes type yeah. of deal. Uh, I did that for three years, and then again, again, I got a, had an opportunity to get back into airports. Uh, I haven't looked back uh, since I, you know, since I did that. So, so basically, just just my drive when I was a kid, working and you know, setting goals for myself is really what led me to where I am today. So it's funny because you mentioned, uh, you know, how you got into uh, industry and that, that was actually my next question because, and it's actually one of my favorite questions whenever I, I speak to people in this industry that I speak more and more to them is, you know, how do you find yourself in airports? Because this is not exactly an industry where people graduate from, you know, you went to Embry-Riddle, so it was a little more focused, but from wherever they graduated from and say, I'd like to get into that space, other than if, unless they intern or they work through the city and, and, and luck their way into the airport. And I think most people just say, well, you're either, as you mentioned, either um, associate being a pilot or working for an airline as working for an airport. So rather than saying, you know, what brought you in, into the industry, you know, what, what, tra- what was your interest in aviation? Because you said you wanted to be a pilot, kind of pivoted from that pretty quickly. But was it, you know, serving in, the, in armed forces or was it just a general interest in aviation? No, just a, just a general interest in aviation of, you know, I guess... I was fortunate enough. I was able to fly as a young kid uh, to, you know, to vacation or with family vacations and stuff like that. One of the first big trips I I did when I was a small kid uh, was uh, we had an opportunity to go to Denmark, Copenhagen or uh, Copenhagen, Denmark. Sorry. Mm -hmm. And, um, 
I think that we, you know, again, just, just, just flying in general and, 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 uh, you know, taking those trips just really got me into, wow, this would be a pretty cool job to be able to fly airplanes and, uh, didn't know much about it. Uh, but it was something that had just always gotten under my skin like aviation <laughs> does. Once, once aviation gets into your blood, it pretty much stays there. You can't get it out. And I think it just, it just did. I just, unfortunately, or fortunately, however you want to put it, um, as I got older, I realized there are many facets to aviation, not just being a pilot. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, during my internship at Federal Express, I just realized we were able to jump seats at that time in the cockpit. So I could see what pilots were doing. And uh-huh. and I just realized this was this was not for me. Uh, <laughs> although it's fun. I enjoy flying. It just it just, you know, doing this for a living just wasn't, you know, wasn't for me. Um, I have the most respect for what pilots do and how they do it. Um, but it just, it just wasn't for me. I think, I think maybe it has to do with a little bit of the hesitancy of flying itself. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoy it, but it was always, you know, it was, I, I think it was good. I was always kept on my toes, but it wasn't fully a hundred percent comfortable yeah. being behind the control stick of an airplane. I think if I'm going to be doing something for the rest of my life, I just want to really enjoy what I'm doing and I'm not sure I could do this. Now, not, I'm, I'm not saying this or asking this to aid you in some way, Lisa. I'm going to preface it by, with that, but I guess back then, I'm not going to say how many years, but back then. No, no it's um, fine. Yeah. <laughs> back then, there was um, because uh, air travel was not as um, accessible as it is now, right? I, I mean, I, I grew up in the '80s or so, you know, um, and traveling even then when I was younger, um, it was an event. You know, we dressed up uh, as if we were going to church to, to, to fly. Yep. I mean, it's usually like a. It was even if it was like a 90-minute flight, we dressed as if we we're just gonna go somewhere really important, and it usually was. But I'm sure that was probably there's like a romantic uh, aspect to it. I'm sure, which like wow, flying is awesome, and being a, a pilot must be really cool. You know, I think it was. I mean, I, I was fortunate. No, I mean, I have no issues. I turned 55 in August, and um, I, you know, I grew up in the you know 60s, 70s, and 80s. Um, our first, I think, uh, the, the trip I took to Denmark was early seventies. So mm-hmm. it was very early on, very, you know, very fortunate to be able to do that. Not only that, um, and I remember somehow my father was able to get us upgraded to a first class seat wow. going from, you know, going over to, going over to Copenhagen. So that even made the, you know, the, the experience that much more enjoyable. Of course, it was a rude awakening when I got a little older and we ended up sitting in the back of the airplane in, in, in <laughs> in coach, but coach of those days was still, you know, pleasant, especially with the seat pitch and how many people they're trying to cram on the airplanes today. Definitely could have had a lot to do with what I want to do. I don't know. I mean, it was too long ago and, and, uh, I've slept since then. And, uh, again, regardless of what I wanted and why I wanted to do it, it, it led me into this industry, but it's not what, it, you know, I, I'm, I'm doing something that I didn't expect to do. We will return to the episode in just a minute, but today's episode is sponsored by Airport Dimensions. Airport Dimensions is the expert lounge solution provider for airports and airlines. They can help you increase your lounge revenue, enhance passenger services, and more. Learn about what they can bring to your airport at airportdimensions.com. And now, back to the program. So my next question, and, and, and again, here, here, here's a rule for the next question. You can't say it's the job you have, Okay. So my question is, uh, you know, you're an executive of a tremendous economic engine. 
and you have tremendous responsibility in running Asheville. Again, let's have some fun. And if you weren't in airports, what would you be doing rather than being ahead of an airport? That's a good question. You know, it's hard to say because I do love what I do, but I think a lot of my friends say I like to debate and argue. So (laughs) I have a feeling that if I was not, you know, running an airport or in the airport, I I have a sneaking suspicion that I would have become, I would have become an attorney, Uh, maybe hoping at that point, turning it into an aviation attorney again, because of aviation, but not knowing, but I think that's what I would have ended up doing. Not sure. You know, sometimes I would have thought, you know, Hey, being a beach bum, kicking up, surfing, (laughs) you know, living life would have been nice too. But, uh, but I, I, I honestly think, uh, if I had not become an airport, you know, a management person, I think I would have ended up being an attorney. Wow. You know, it may sound dull and boring, but that's you know, it's hard to say. But I think I think I would have ended up being an attorney. Rather different extremes, almost. You know, one be a pilot. <laughs> one comes with a lot of like you know, um, adventure. It seems and being a pilot, and then, well, the attorney. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> not a exactly. Bad. Which you know, which is probably why I'm thrilled that I ended up doing what I'm doing because it's you know I'm not flying you know at, at least for a living, but you know I do get to be around aviation and I am not an attorney, so <laughs> it's, it, it it's worked out that. pretty well. It, it it's worked out well. So my next question is: uh, We all have uh, mentors in our lives, people who. Um, have impacted us. And we either adopt them or they somehow adopt us. You know, I'd love for you to talk about who you consider to be a mentor or maybe mentors and in what ways uh, did they help you? I, I definitely, I've, I've, I can for sure say I've had at least four good mentors in my career and I'm very thankful for all of them. The first one actually being my father. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a businessman. I actually, by, 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 by education, he's a nuclear engineer and, and he was in the power field for, you know, for many years. Uh, but he spoke what was on his mind. He didn't beat around the bush and he was just a good business person and dealing with his things that he dealt with. I, I picked up a lot of attributes uh, early in my career uh, on how to do things. Uh, he's always he's always preached, uh, you know, a sign of a good manager or a good boss is by the quality of the people that, that you have around, you know, around that person. And I can say that that definitely is rung true because I've got, again, a phenomenal staff here in Asheville uh, and they just make me look good uh, and have helped me get this award uh, that you all have given. So I think, you know, he's again, you know, I don't want to say that just because he's, he's my father, uh, but I am fortunate that, 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 that he was an early mentor to me. Um, I think the next one, uh, I think is a gentleman by the name of Jim Belong. Uh, Jim ran, you know, he was, he was an airport director. I worked with him in Louisville when I was there. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't work with him long enough. I would have liked to have worked longer. Uh, but he, you know, we also ran Denver and he was in Houston and Philadelphia. So he came from some big airports before going to Louisville where he retired. Um, he really embraced me, uh, imparted a lot of good wisdom, put his faith in me that he saw things in me that, that one were like him, but, you know, really gave me the, the energy and the effort 
to move my career forward. One of the things that he did that, you know, shocked the heck out of me uh, was he came into my office one day. I was in, I was on properties at that point uh, in Louisville and he, and he came into my office one day and said, Hey, I just want to let you know, I put you in for a director job at another airport somewhere. Oh. Exactly. Okay. I think I fell out of my seat, but I said, wow, it's like, hey, two things, Jim. I see, are you trying to get rid of me or are you really trying to move, you know, move me up in my career? And it was the latter. Uh, you know, he really wanted to move me up in, in, in my career. Didn't, I didn't think I was, you know, was, was personally ready for it yet being, you know, just a director of a department versus being a, you know, a, 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 a assistant manager or deputy director, and then, you know, moving up to a director, but he saw things in me that I quite weren't, weren't quite seeing yet. And so he thought he should put my name into it. Unfortunately, September 11th happened. Everything tanked. Everything went on hold. The airport that he had put me in for kind of retreated and didn't move forward for a couple more years later. Um, so that never materialized. But I thought that was, uh, you know, I thought that was uh, great of him to see those qualities and the ambition and need that he would do that. Uh, and he just taught he just taught me a lot of things. I am good friends with him to this day. Uh, I know he retired out in, in the Denver area, and when I do get out to Denver, I try and see him as often as I can. Um, I think after that, you know, before him, I think it goes to John Solomon. Uh, you know, it's been a long time for him, but I had the opportunity to work in Kansas City when John Solomon was working in Kansas City before he went out to the Phoenix area. Um, and, 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 and John was good. John was the one that was instrumental in getting me to get my accreditation with AAAE and really getting to learn the industry and things like that. And so, and so I, I, so I owe him, uh, you know, the individual that, you know, gave me and other folks in the organization, the kick in the pants to, to, you know, to move the career forward and, and, and to get the accreditation and, and, you know, stuff like that. So he was good aspect in that, you know, as far as that goes. And then lastly, and most currently, I'd have to say Dave Edwards, uh, which, you know, he was he, he was fortunate to he was fortunate enough. So, you know, two or three years ago to get the same award as airport, you know, of the year uh, in the small airports category. Uh, you know, I, I worked briefly with Dave here in Asheville. Uh, he hired me as his deputy director uh, back in 08. Uh, he and I had been friends prior to that, uh, but our, our our friendship really, you know, uh, grew from working with him. Uh, but he saw things in me that prepared me to take over the role here in Asheville when he, you know, left to go down to Greenville, South Carolina. Um, so I think, you know, again, um, had it in me, he went to bat for me when it was, you know, when he had given his notice here uh, at the, you know, airport here in Asheville, uh, really went to bat, but really put me in a position uh, to show the board what I had, my capabilities, and gave me the opportunity to take over the helm here. Uh, I'm very good friends with him to this day, uh, and uh, we continue to be close, and we will probably always be close, and you know, until until we both die. So those are the four folks that I really give a lot of credit to my career today. I don't think I would have been, you know, as 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 in a place where I am today without any of those four. I'm very very fortunate uh, that I've had those people in my life uh, to mentor me. 
I have a tremendous respect for Dave. I like Dave a lot, and I'm, I'm sure being in close proximity to, to Greenville, then it's it's probably easier to get together every. I mean, maybe like hit up a, a midway point between the two <laughs> in some ways. But we do. I mean, we from a social standpoint, we do. I mean, we we respect each other's territories because <laughs> of our proximity. Um, you know, I respect what he does. He's a you know, bigger airport. He's got a lot a lot more money in the bank than you know than the airport here in Asheville does. Uh, but we do work collaboratively and very well together. Uh, and again, it's and it and we do catch up, you know, and we go do things socially, have drinks or whatever. And and uh, but he's again a very good friend. And it's funny because one of the first times I spoke with Dave is that uh, in getting to know him, you know, he wanted to be a pilot. I mean, he wanted. I think he wanted to uh, work for the armed services, and and want, that's why he wanted to be in uh, getting the aviation. But obviously, thank God, he pivoted and went into management instead. But, you know, that's why uh, it's, and it's ironic because I didn't know you, you guys were friends. I, I assumed you knew each other, obviously being in the industry, but when you were telling your story about, you know, you're interested in being a pilot, I, I guess proximity, I just immediately thought of Dave. <laughs> right. It's funny, Dave. I mean, Dave put me through, it wasn't a slam dunk when I got hired here at Asheville. I mean, Dave, Dave put his applicants through the, you know, through the ringer yeah. uh, and the process. And it wasn't him. He had a, panel making the selection uh but when he dave tried to hire me three times um and the first two times well maybe yeah the first two times the position the timing wasn't right the position wasn't quite right what i was looking for um and so and so for you know two times i said no and then he came out with the last you know the uh, the third time um is the position the timing was good the position was right and everything just and i interviewed well enough you know with this panel that uh, that i was selected for the you know for the position so but that being said because we were friends mm-hmm. um you know i always i always go by and i always tell people there's you know basically two things you don't want to do if you're friends you don't want to live together and if you don't want to work together you know just because i've seen too many friendships break up either as roommates and or coworkers. Uh, Dave and I sat and had very a very long talk. We were at a conference down in Florida. Uh, we were sitting. It was a it was a cooler day. We weren't in the pool, but but we ended up you know just taking some time together, sitting out by the pool. Uh, we had jackets on actually because it was quite cool. Um, but we had a long series talk about about our friendship, about working together, expectations, um, because I did not want to lose his friendship through a working relationship. And, uh, we were, we were both in a good spot. Uh, felt very comfortable with the answers that we were both giving to each other. And, uh, again, I was successful in pursuing the job and got it, but, but, uh, but I had to be comfortable in my mind that, that again, it wouldn't ruin our friendship by working together. Well, that's great. And I'm glad you mentioned, I'm glad you had multiple mentors or, multiple folks that you identify as mentors. It seems like, I know you said you're very goal oriented. And I think many people in your, who get to, who achieve what you achieve definitely are. But it seems like when, I believe you said his name is Jim, when, uh, right, in, in Louisville? Yes, Jim DeLong, yes. So when you said uh, Jim DeLong said, hey, I'd like to recommend you for upper management, and you kind of, you said you almost fell out of your chair. Was that something, it seems like he saw something in you that maybe you didn't see quite yet in yourself. And then, and then, and then now you, uh, you know, you, forward, you have uh, someone like Dave who was pushing for you to get the, this position here with Asheville, et cetera. It's like, it's kind of nice to have 
folks like that. So in the, in the interest of like, or when referencing Jim, did it kind of more shock you because you didn't know if you were qualified for it or perhaps that it, you were just touched that he thought of you in that way? Um, I thought I was, I, I thought I I mean, I was definitely touched, <clears throat> touched by him thinking that I just didn't think I was ready. You know, I had not, not, uh, not by any purpose, it just seems my career has been a methodical upward path. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I've, I've been fortunate enough to do that. And again, I was a department director. Um, in my mind, the next step was a deputy director somewhere and then a director. But again, he saw in me the things that I wasn't seeing yet. Um, and he thought I was ready to just take that big jump and, and move up to take the helm of, of an airport. And that, I mean, it definitely boosted my confidence at that point. Um, but I still ended up again, you know, uh, realistically and reality wise, I ended up still following the path going into a deputy director role and then into a director role. So, um, but it just, it gave me, I guess, more confidence knowing that he sees skills in me that I know that I will get to where I want to be when I get there. So my next question, I just want to pivot a little bit and, and have, a little bit of fun with the next couple of questions. Um, sure. I want to talk about your favorite pastime. Now I have an idea of what it is because you mentioned it before we started recording, but there's got to be something that you like to do or like you enjoy that kind of allows you to kind of de-stress and gets you to your happy place. And I would love to say, please share that favorite pastime. Sure. I think, I think most current right now, and as I shared with Andy in the interview for the magazine, um, I'm a huge motorcyclist. Um, I've, I've been riding for years. I've owned a motorcycle pretty much the whole time I've been in Asheville, and Asheville is great a great area to do that in uh, with all the roads around here. Um, I think, you know, we're, if I have a stressful day, you know, I know a lot of people will go and have a drink or do something to de-stress. I like to hop on my motorcycle, you know, so I'll take a, you know, 30 minute, 45 minute ride. Um, and it just, you know, again, some people don't think riding motor, you know, a motorcycle is, is stress free because of the hazards of driving it. Mm-hmm. But just the fact that you're in the open, you're, you're, you know, you're riding, you get to see the scenery and stuff like that, especially around here. Um, it really is a big de-stressor for me. Um, and it doesn't come with calories like alcohol does. <laughs> no, that's um, you know, so I mean, it comes with other risks, but you know, I always tell my staff when when I get hit by my bus. Oh no! Because um, I because I eventually will get hit by a bus. Um, you know, at least if if I do it, then you know maybe I'll be doing it while I'm doing something I enjoy. Uh, you know, that being said, that's you know not all the time. You know, I'm not always on that. Uh, I think some a couple of my other favorite pastimes. Uh, I'm a huge avid skier. Uh, obviously, that's for a, you know w- w- winter effects. When I'm not riding the motorcycle in the winter, I do like to ski. Uh, over the last three or four years now, I've been taking annual trips out to Colorado to go skiing with some friends, um, and that's and that's been great. Uh, I really enjoy doing that. Uh, and then I like you know building and woodworking. Uh, talking about mentors, I had a great friend that was a mentor, not in the aviation industry at all. He was just a neighbor. He taught me a lot of, you know, a little thing or a little about a whole lot of things like electrical and plumbing and, you know, you know, putting down concrete and just a lot of things when I've owned houses in the past. So I like to build all the other houses I've owned in the past. I've always finished the basement. 
basement or a bonus room or whatever. Uh, I've always done the electrical, mechanical, all that stuff. So I enjoyed that. I don't like I don't like drywall work. Uh, I'll always hire that out. Uh, but I like everything up to that point. And again, and then I do like to do woodworking. Uh, I do have a full shop. Uh, I like to tinker with you know you know making things and you know stuff like that. And then lastly, which I do almost on a daily basis, is 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 cooking. Um, I'm not a chef. I don't, you know, I am a short order cook. I, I mean, I like to cook. I like to put stuff together. I'm a foodie, so I really like to eat, but I don't, I don't cook like, um, you know, I'd rather go out and enjoy my foodie side from, from a restaurant, but I do enjoy cooking, you know, getting home in the, in the evenings and, you know, again, just, you know, cutting and dicing stuff up and putting it together and getting a product that is edible. Uh, I enjoy that. So, you know, those are some of my pastimes that I enjoy doing. So pressed. What is your signature dish? I, I have two. Okay. Uh, being pressed. I have two. One, one, I make the best blueberry muffins that anyone would ever eat. Okay. And I have, I do not share the recipe with anybody. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, you know, but, 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 but I do, I make the best blueberry muffin. Um, I started with a recipe that I ended up doctoring and making some changes to it that has, you know, it's, it's got my initials on it. Um, but everyone that has had my blueberry muffins, I like blueberries because my muffins are loaded with blueberries, but if you like blueberry muffins, (laughs) I make the best blueberry muffin you'll ever eat. That's, that's my backup. If, If I were ever to, you know, stop working or I lose my job as an airport manager, I think I would, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd be the next Mrs. Fields. Instead of cookies, I'd be making blueberry muffins. But I could support myself on the street corner with uh, with selling blueberry muffins. Um, and then and then from a from an entree me uh, dish, um, I make a I make a, a a stuffed Florentine turkey breast. Okay. And what I do is basically it's a I I take a full turkey breast, I pound it out, um, I stuff it with uh, breadcrumbs and spinach and regatta cheese and some other th- items, and then I roll it into a, a log, and then cook it, and then you can slice it, and it just it's probably one of the best dishes that I make. It's it's work intensive. I don't make it that often, uh, but when I do make it, it's it's good, and it's a great dish that you can prepare and freeze. Yeah. And then cook it and then cook it later. Um, so it works out pretty well. So those are probably my, my two favorite things that I, you know, that I'm good at. I might need that recipe then. I'll share that one. And that was in a cookbook. So, I mean, I'll share that recipe. I won't give you the blueberry muffin recipe though. <laughs> well, baking to me, cause I, I, I do cook for my family, but I, I'm not that skilled, but I, I've, I've realized that like baking is very, you have to be very exact to me. It's more science because oh, if you go a little over on certain ingredients, it just won't come out properly. Whereas um, cooking, you know, like your entrees and such, you have a little more room to freelance and to, you know, if you're a little over on certain, some, some things, you know, it's not going to completely ruin it. Or you might just quickly discover something that going more on one ingredient over another uh, right. Better, you know, that's, 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 and I, so I stay away from the, my wife handles the baking. So I, I, I'm not the, exact. there you go. I just a couple more questions for you. One, uh, sure. might be related to the previous one, but what's a little known fact that some besides Dave Edwards <laughs> might not know. About? Yeah. 
I've got a couple, I think. I mean, it's, 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 it's really hard. Uh, you know, that was asked, there's something similar was asked me, you know, a, 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 a while ago. And I have a, a friend of mine that, uh, gave, gave a great answer. And I'm not going to say it, but, um, I think for me, a couple things, when I was a sophomore in college, I had an opportunity to live four or five months over in Hawaii. And a lot of people don't know that. So I had an opportunity to live there. But while I was living there, I was there with a, 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 a prior girlfriend in college and her parents happened to be living over there. He was a he was a, um, a contractor for a defense department company or he worked for the Department of Defense as a as a civilian. Um, had an opportunity to live, but we both had to get a job together because we had to share, you know, a, a car that was given to us to use. And we ended up both working in in a in the oldest McDonald's on the Hawaiian Islands. So a lot of people don't know that. Fortunately, it was only for three months. Uh, I gained a whole new respect for people who work in the fast food industry. Um, so I guess you know, a lot of people don't know that. And then I guess no one really knows. I was, you know, trying to, you know, as you're thinking of things of, you know, what to come up with, I actually, you know, and, and, and you know, I, I, I think only my family and maybe only my sister knows this, but, um, when I was very small, young, young, I think I was five, I actually got married, uh, to a neighbor girl that was, oh. that had a crush on, you know, we used a cigar ring, you know, a cigar band as a wedding ring and, and all that. So fortunately, fortunately the person who was officiating wasn't legal. Um, so that never, you know, was, so it never happened, but yeah, I, I ended up getting married when I was five years old. <laughs> <laughs> Dave doesn't know that. Don't even know. Right? I, 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 I do remember her name, but I have no idea what she's doing, where she's at. I mean, that was God. I was, you know, that was 50 years ago. I have no idea, you know, uh, we, we never remained friends when I moved and I have no idea what she's doing today. <laughs> That's great. That's great. So Lou, my last question for you is, um, I'm going to bring it back to the industry. You know, sure. Uh, you know, what advice would you give to those who are thinking about a career in this industry? Actually, you know, it's maybe it's two parts. Um, how would you actually promote this industry if you were in front of a group of, you know, prospective students soon to be entering the workforce um, and you obviously know the excitement in running, which is essentially a small city, <laughs> you know, uh, that is the airport. You know, what would you what is your advice and how would you kind of promote this business? I think it's, you know, it's, if you're looking for something that you never know from a routine basis of what you're going to get into, I like to tell people, I think in my whole career being in the airport field, I, I probably have less than half a dozen times where my day has actually gone as I have planned because you just, it's so varied. You know, you're dealing with so many facets uh, and work that it never gets boring and, and it's not dull. I mean, you're dealing with all, you know, you're dealing with tenants, you're dealing with airlines, you're dealing with, you know, your own staff and your own staff is very diverse from, from your, from your carpenters to, you know, to your mechanics, to fire and police. It just, it's so diverse. And it's just, it brings to me, it brings so much, you know, pleasure to me knowing what we're providing to the community uh, and an asset, especially with us, with our recent growth that we've been seeing, uh, the accolades that, you know, that the airport, the staff is getting within the community, just, you know, just, it, 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 it's really, it really hits home and it makes you feel good. So from that perspective, you know, if, if you want something that's varied, and you never know what you're going to expect. This is a great job to have. 
and it's also aviation. I mean, what better mix can you have uh, when you know when you're dealing with it? You may not be flying an airplane, but I can you know sit out my right. You know, I can sit at my desk and look out my window and watch airplanes take off and land all day long. It's just it's awesome. Um, I think from that perspective, and I think just people who want to get into the industry, I think you know it's a great industry to get into. It's hard. Uh, it's hard to get into this. Obviously, there's only so many airports in this country, and there's only so many positions. But I think you know your your the background, your education, what you want to do, and I think you know it's huge, hugely important to network, get involved with organizations. You know the organizations are important, and just you know try and get to conferences or meetings and just network with people, uh, because a lot of what we do is by word of mouth. Again, I'm, I've been in this industry pretty much my whole career, so I can't speak to other industries, but I have never heard anyone speak to the camaraderie yeah. and the and the, the sharing of information, how we work together uh, from a perspective. I mean, we're, we're competitors with other airports, but we're not. Yeah. You know, you asked me earlier, what else would I do? You know, I couldn't imagine myself doing anything else, and I wouldn't want to do anything else. I just love the people that I work with in my organization, outside the organization, in the industry. Don't be afraid to reach out of your comfort zone to try something new. Uh, just because if you get a job at an airport, I encourage my folks to try and reach out. You know, shadow other folks that they work with within the organization. Learn other aspects of what an airport does. Um, you know, an airport is an easy place to silo. Uh, yourself, but you can't because, you know, and, and, and it's easy to silo because there's so many diverse trades going on within an airport that you don't necessarily have the ability to, you know, just see what other people do, but make, you know, make the effort. We, uh, you know, we're fortunate. Um, I'm, I am, I'm very um, supportive of folks getting their accreditation with AAAE. Um, you know, we have two, two, two staff members here that have gotten their AAAE since I've been here. One, my director of marketing and PR. Again, it's, it's a, uh, it's not a, it's not a large position or highly acclaimed position that gets their accreditation, but she went and did it. And, and, and I'm, you know, very proud of her. Uh, and then uh, just recently, in fact, as, as, as early as this past February, uh, the police chief here or the, our public safety chief here at, at the airport got his accreditation. So if you look in the industry, I don't know how many, you know, police chief or fire chiefs within this in, in industry have their accreditation. So it's, uh, it's something I'm, I'm, I'm proud that they've done, I th you know, whether they want to move on in their career or not, you know, I support that. But um, so those are the things that I would tell people. Uh, one of the things that I tell my staff, I, I want to hang on to good talent as long as I can, but I'm not going to be selfish and keep that. I, you know, my job is to be able to make these people promotable, whether they promote in-house or they go outside to another airport. I get the pleasure that I know that I've helped somebody elevate their career. And if I'm not doing that, then I'm, then I'm not doing my job. So those are the things that I like to tell my people. And those are what I, you know, and that's what I'm, you know, that's what I tell get, just get with some good people. There's so many good, good airport people, uh, regardless of what their positions in the airport are or is, um, that, you know, we're all willing to help each other. And, uh, yeah. that's, you know, that's my philosophy and that's what I try and, you know, base how I do things. I mean, you're, you're an example of that, you know, when Jim saw something in you and Dave saw something, I mean, you, you're an example of like, Hey, I want to, I want to hoard this talent, but I understand that, 
he is destined for bigger and better things, <laughs> which is great. Exactly, exactly. Excellent. Well, Lou, this has been great. And uh, once again, uh, congratulations on the award. Congratulations on all the work that you've uh, done there at Asheville and also for the industry. And uh, thank you for taking the time to speak with me. Uh, Ramon, I appreciate this. This has been fun. I've enjoyed this. Actually, this is my first podcast I've done, so um, it's kind of been fun. Uh, but again, I, I enjoy so much of what I, you know, what I do when I talk about it. I, I can talk for hours, uh, but I definitely, again, appreciate and am quite honored that you guys have selected me this year. Uh, and uh, if there's anything I can do for you guys, please let me know. And and uh, I look forward to uh, to seeing you future, you know, you in the future here shortly. So. I appreciate it very much. Thank you for the opportunity. Thanks again to Airport Dimensions for sponsoring this episode. In addition to their existing units, please check out their new lounges in Charleston and Jacksonville with Buffalo and New Orleans opening soon. Learn more about them at airportdimensions.com.